I listened to a Krista Tippett podcast the other day. Um, the, the title of it was uh, The Art of Being Creatures. And the guest that she was interviewing uh, was Dr. Ellen Davis. Uh, Dr. Davis is professor of Bible and practical theology at Duke Divinity School. And in this podcast, uh, she referenced uh, a stanza from uh, Wendell Berry's poem, How to Be a Poet. And the second stanza, the poem is three stanzas, and in the second one, Wendell Berry says, Breathe with unconditional breath, the unconditioned air. Shun wires. Communicate slowly. Live a three-dimensional life. Avoid screens. Avoid anything that obscures the place that it's in. And then he says, There are no unsacred places. There are only sacred places and desecrated places. So Dr. Davis says that what, what Wendell Berry is suggesting here is that any place has the potential to be a place where God becomes peculiarly present to us. And she says, that's what uh, Jerusalem is in the Bible. That's what the temple is. Um, she says, that's what the, the Garden of Eden is in the Bible. It's this place where where humans live in the immediate presence of God. Now, we've been talking a lot lately about pilgrimage, uh, and particularly about our, our faith pilgrimage. Um, and so, so maybe you've put some thought into that, and, and you've, you've thought about specifically what your particular faith journey is like. But, but one of the, the main purposes of, of our striking out on this kind of journey uh, is to get back into the immediate presence of God. Because we're, when we're in the, the presence of God, whatever ground we're standing on, that's sacred ground. So, Wendell Berry says, breathe with unconditional breath, the unconditioned air. This, this air is actually quite conditioned. Uh, that's my compost pile over there. Um, and it smells a bit unsacred, uh, but it's not. I've learned that it's not. That it's actually quite sacred. That it's holy ground. So our scripture text, uh, Psalm 104, uh, it's actually a, a song about God. Uh, the title is God the Creator and Provider, and it starts out, you know, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, o Lord, my God, you are very great. Um, you cause the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for people to use, to bring forth food from the earth. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works. I actually had to look up that word because I thought manifold was 
um, a part to my truck engine and I looked it up and it, and it actually means diverse. <laughs> How diverse are your works in wisdom you have made them all the earth is full of your creatures and then these all look to you to give them their food in due season when you send forth your spirit they are created you renew the face of the ground you know i've always loved our creation story so when you sing the, a song about God the Creator and God the Provider, uh, the image that the Hebrew people give us, their understanding of God and, and uh, this God who created, unlike all of these other cultures around them, who these ancient cultures who share these creation stories where the, the divine being creates with violent power, uh, the Hebrew people give us this image of, of a God who is, is on the ground, on his knees, um, who has his, his hands in the, in the dirt and, and breathes life into it. I mean, it's pretty awesome. And there's, there's a lot of life in this dirt, and it stinks really bad. Um, but you know, one of the things that I've learned um, thanks to our creation care team and, and some of the resources that, that they have shared with me, uh, resources that are available for you too, um, is that our soil, it's actually losing its life. Modern um, industrial practices have actually been amazing. Like um, modern technology and all this has, has, a, has allowed us to create more food, more abundantly, very cheaply. So that part is awesome. But the, but the cost, um, the, the, the price that, that has had to be paid, um, it's really huge. Um, because, because what's happening is uh, it's destroying the soil. And so um, these practices of, of tilling the ground, like that was new to me. Like I've always tilled the ground in my garden. Like that's just how you do it. That's how my dad uh, has always done it. That's how my granddad has always done it. Like, of course, you till the ground. But it's like this practice of tilling the ground, this practice of, of using chemicals, like fertilizing the, the soil to give the soil nutrients, um, using chemicals for, for uh, the pests and the rodents and all that. Um, it, it, it's actually um, eroding our soil's ability to, uh, to hold water and to retain the carbon. And that's where the whole climate change part comes in. Um, it's like this, this um, Instead of the carbon staying in the soil where it needs to be to keep the soil alive, this carbon is, is, is being released into, into the atmosphere um, and, it, and it's putting uh, carbon stuff into the air. And, and what that's doing is it, it's creating um, all this, these violent weather patterns and, and the, the storms and, um, you know, the... the the tough part about that, it just becomes this vicious cycle. So um, what, what the climate is bringing is this severe weather and these severe weather events, and it's making it harder for, for farmers to, to grow the food. Uh, I read a, a very uh, uh, disturbing uh, statistic. Um, the, the USDA, who was that? The United Nations. According to the United Nations, 
two-thirds of the planet's soil uh, has started the process of desertification. Uh, Two-thirds of the soil is, is desertifying. What that means is um, it's basically becoming like the desert. Uh, the soil is not able to hold this stuff and it's becoming more and more depleted and then it, be, it, it just becomes dirt. There's no life in it and so we keep pumping more fertilizer in and we're growing this food with fertilizers and still this, instead of this natural stuff. And the thing that really uh, bothered me was that the United Nations report says that in 60 years, 60 years, all of the world's topsoil will be gone. And so when we talk about climate crisis, that's one of the things that we're talking about. The soil matters. And there's another layer to this, uh, the impact that it has on people. Like all of, all of this stuff um, disproportionately affects uh, people of color and people living in low income communities. And the way that, that plays out is um, in, in like floods and, and droughts and, and, and heat damage and stuff. And, and what we discover is that more and more folks in these communities, um, they live in neighborhoods where they don't have access to fresh, affordable, nutritious vegetables. The, the USDA calls these kind of places uh, food deserts. Uh, millions of people living in these, in these food deserts uh, where they, they can't get the stuff that they need to l eat and live healthy lives. Now, so conversely, food justice is this idea that all humans have a right to nutritious, healthy food. And so the fight for food justice is this fight to uh, remove all of these barriers that, that oftentimes exist in our system so that all people can have this right uh, to good food. This is the thing. Healthy soil will help solve the climate crisis. That's what has filled me with so much hope these past few weeks as I've learned these things. Like there are so many farmers that are already using these regenerative practices. Um, they're doing things that are keeping the carbon in the soil, that is creating this, this, this cycle of uh, of, of life and it's, and it's organic and it's, and it's actually amazing. Um, so again, I want to urge you to, to watch this documentary. Our, our creation care team um, uh, is going to be helping us get connected with that. Um, so it's called Kiss the Ground. But like our health um, and the health of the soil are connected. Um, if, if the soil is healthy, then humans are healthy, and, and animals are healthy. Uh, our water is healthy. Uh, our, our climate is healthy. And so the big question for me in all of this, especially when it just seems like it's such a big thing, like what can I do to make a difference? There are actually so many things we can do. Uh, and In fact, that we're already doing. I got an email just the other day from Megan Hauser. Megan is um, the Haywood County a health and human resources person uh, for our service agency and she sent me this list Haywood County resources for food I want you to listen to this these are food pantries and boxes in Canton Bethel Baptist Church Beaverdam Community Center Beulah Baptist Church Crusoe Community Center there's a feeding the multitudes organization First United Methodist Church 
Canton, North Harmony Community Development Association, the Community Kitchen, in Clyde, Fines Creek Community Development Association, the YMCA Mobile Market, Crabtree United Methodist Church, in Maggie Valley, Maggie Valley United Methodist Church, Haywood Outdoor Pantries, um, in Waynesville, Bethel Rural Community Pantry, First United Methodist Church, Waynesville, Grace Episcopal Church, just next door to us, their food pantry, Haywood Christian Ministry. Thanks to so many of you who make Haywood Christian Ministry operate and click. Uh, Haywood Outdoor Pantries, on and on it goes. The Pigeon Multicultural Center, a couple of opportunities there. On, there's a second sheet of all this kind of stuff. It's really amazing the things that we're already doing. We need to keep doing those things and support these things and, and figure out ways to do them even better. Um, another thing is, is food waste. Food waste is a real problem in our country. In the United States, um, the United States will have about 36 million pounds of food waste every single year. And the crazy thing is, is that only 5% of, of, of this food waste, it, under 5%, is taken and recycled, and so it's going into the landfill. And what I'm being told is, is that what, what this does in the landfill, it becomes methane and it's creating this greenhouse gas um, and that's contributing to, to the whole climate thing. And so when we think about, when we think about our food waste, like there are ways that we can collect it. You see some of it on that Kiss the Ground documentary, but you know, I've helped out some um, at, our, at our friendship house. And one of the awesome things that happens um, in our community and in, in other communities too is um, our grocery stores will give us a produce that's really no longer good enough for them to have on their shelves, but that like, it's just, just still really good. And so every Saturday morning, uh, someone runs to the, to the food line and, and comes back with, with, with all these groceries. Um, uh, Bill and Dave from Haywood Christian Ministries, they, they, they bring fresh stuff and we've got stuff in our refrigerators. But this is the thing that happens and the thing that I discovered that sometimes the food that we get that's, you know, leaning on its way to not being really good uh, for us to give to people, uh, sometimes we have to sort through it. And so we'll have a, we'll have a box or a bag that's just full of things that, uh, that's a little too rotten, uh, that's a little too far gone, and we throw it in the dumpster, goes to the landfill. And so we're starting to think we can compost this stuff. So I started a compost because I watched some of the composting videos uh, from our creation care team. And I'm starting to learn how to do it. Uh, don't come check out my compost because I know it's, it's all wrong, but at least it's a start. But what I did was, is I brought the rotten squash and I, and I brought the, the, the wimpy carrots and the moldy onions. Um, and along with what I've got from my house, like one third of my trash from a relatively plant-based diet is all organic stuff that's gonna get dumped into this compost pile and I'm gonna turn it regularly and I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. I need to figure out uh, if I'm doing it good enough for it to be used, um, but it can make a difference. Like another thing that I'm doing is I've learned about keeping green on my ground instead of tilling. That, that, is, that actually is what makes your soil really awesome. And so instead of tilling my soil, um, like, I went over the other day and I planted my whole garden in wildflowers. I'm going to figure that out and there'll be some beauty this summer and uh, it, it's going to help the, the soil regenerate. Uh, I signed a petition this morning. It was a, a petition um, to the Secretary of Agriculture in Washington, D.C., urging the Secretary 
to use USDA resources to help small and medium farmers who are actually already starting to consider these practices because farmers are realizing that they're losing their soil, like the soil is just going away. And now there's hope, there's a way that they can farm and practices that they can, that, that they can practice um, that will bring life back into it. And so that, um, you know, our, our resources from the government, the tax money that we're paying should, should go to help these small and medium farmers um, make that happen. It's pretty cool stuff. You know, um, the Easter story. Jesus shows up on the evening of Easter and after he assures them that he's not a ghost and after he encourages them to have peace and not be afraid, it's striking to me that the next thing he does is ask a question. He says, have you any food here? Is there any food in this place? Now we know the disciples said, well, yeah, we've got some broiled fish. But I think a lot of people, when you ask that question, they'll be like, no, there's no food here. And I think that if we are created in the image of God, God who is on knees and on sacred ground and digging in the dirt and, and breathing life into it, if we're created in the image of that God, then I believe it's on us, it's on me and it's on you to echo this song, this song of creation. Psalm 104, where we give food in its due season and we renew the face of the ground. There's hope in that. Amen.